John. Y'all extend your hands. Uh, Lord, we thank you for Ron Campbell. Lord, that um, he has been such an encourager to Tracy and I, but to all, uh, Lord, to so many, to all the people that he's uh, prophesied to and spoken life and destiny over. So, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would make him feel welcome in this place, Lord, and I pray that you would pour forth through him like you always do and just bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Wow. Whew. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it's beautiful to be here. It's beautiful to see all your wonderful faces. Um, the anointing during the worship was just awesome. Where's Kat? Is she in here? Kat, are you here? Oh, hey, listen, come here. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to come here. <laughs> I'm going to break a little bit of protocol here, but that's okay. So uh, when you were worshiping, the Lord gave me a word for you. So I'm going to give it to you. Would you come, Trace? Would you just come here? Father, I just thank you for this woman. And this, Yorick, this includes you. Where are you? Okay, come here, buddy. Yes, like me. What can I mark, man? Come on, come on. So while you were worshiping, it's just, I saw this weird, profound thing. I saw the anointing of Bono on your life. And God told me, you're a planet shaker. You're a culture shaker. And the same spirit of liberty that rests upon him when he prophesies during music is on you. And I heard the Lord sing a song over you. And I, learned, I heard the Lord say this to you, that he has planted your feet in a good place. And has expanded your territory and your boundaries. And anything that you should put your hands to together, God is going to prosper. He's going to increase you. So I want to encourage you now to not look at the wind and not listen to the wind, but continue to walk because as you step out the boat and you start walking on that water, it'll become solid water beneath your feet. Keep your eyes fixed firmly on the cross and on Christ. Do not take your move, your eyes off there. Do not let the wind of whatever it is try and shake you. Because you're going to accomplish what God's called you to accomplish. I'm telling you, you're going to be a planet shaker. The sound that God is singing over you, the sound of the music that God's singing over you, is going to create a legacy for you and for your children. And the days of hardship and the days of suffering and the days of rejection are over for you. So I just release it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing on this couple right now. In Jesus' name. And I just, Father, just... Solidify the word in agreement right now with what the Spirit is saying and doing in their lives. Today, Father, I pray for a windfall of breakthrough to come, Father, to render them from this position that they've been caught up in, Father, that they would be brought into a new place in you and their feet would be firmly planted in your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I just felt I had to do that then, guys. I hope you don't mind. But sometimes you just have to break the pattern. So... Father, I thank you for the anointing this morning, for the grace of the Holy Spirit that flows this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we can bind the minds of the saints to the mind of Christ. Every contradictory thought, process, imagination that is a contradiction to your will and word today has bowed its knee in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that deception is no place here. But, Father, that there's only place here for the move of your Spirit. So, Father, we call on you today to speak, to declare, to have your way. In Jesus' name. So I want to share with you a little message this morning, and we're going to call it Casting a Pebble into the Pond. 
You know, when you were small, you probably threw a pebble into a pond, and what happens? You see the ripples create, the little waves create, and then it hits the bank, and it comes back, and it creates a whole lot of noise. I believe the Holy Spirit's getting ready to cast a pebble into many people's pond. The reason why is I believe that we have created within ourselves a rhythmic culture, and a lot of us are caught in rhythms, and a rhythm creates uh, really a pattern, and a pattern creates a culture. Culture is not necessarily a good thing, because what happens is we become blinded within our culture. All right? So we may be Christianese, but I guarantee you there are more blind Christians than visual Christians who can actually see, because they get caught up by the waves of time, by the things that are going on within the culture, by the, the media, the press, all these different kinds of things. But I believe the Holy Spirit is getting ready to cast the people into the pond for us today. To change our rhythm. Did anyone know your rhythm changed? Yeah. I had a guy, I talked to a guy there. He said, well, I don't really believe in all that hokey pokey stuff. Oh, you don't? Huh, okay. Well, the Bible says repent and believe. Very simple. It's easy. It's easy. It's very simple. Uh, whether you believe it or not, it's, it's irrelevant. The fact is God created these things. God created rhythm. When God spoke, okay, his word created rhythm, created a frequency, created a wave, and they're still creating today doesn't stop. So there are good waves, good rhythms, good frequencies, but there are also negative ones. And we can get caught up in them quite easily without even realizing it. And what it does, a cultural rhythm brings spiritual blindness to it. So in this process today, we're going to ask God to give you a new lens to see and to hear, as the Spirit says. So when I asked the Lord about rhythms, how this stuff works, He took me back to when I was a young guy in Cape Town. I was a surfer. Long hair, surfboard, you know. One of my best friends, his name was Des Sawyer. He was a great surfer. He built boards for Blue Hawaii. And uh, funny enough, same name as you, last name as you. Is it right? Huh? Eckert. Sawyer, man. <laughs> You're a surfer, bro. Yeah. So, I know, I'm just teasing you. So, we used to surf these waves. And I remember there's a pecking, strangely enough, there's a pecking order in the surfing community. Like, if you're a novice, you're probably going to get all the dumpers. You're not going to be able to surf the big waves because the guys will knock you off them. And so you would sit out on your surfboard and you'd watch the order of the waves. And sometimes they came through in sets of four and five. And the wave's velocity was determined by the wave, the beach break. And then, of course, you had the backwash and the sidewash and all those sort of things. So we'd sit down and watch the patterns of these waves come through. And, you know, when you started off, you'd, you'd take a couple of the smaller ones to get up and going, and you'd leave the big ones for these guys who do the tube and all that sort of stuff. And eventually you get to a place where you start learning to recognize these cyclic waves, how they work, and then you can get on them and surf them. And let me tell you, it's the most exhilarating experience to feel the power of that wave when it moves you. But if it's a wrong wave and it's a dumper, it is not an exhilarating feeling to get dumped into the deck and have your surfboard hit you and be a mouthful of sand. It's really not good. So that's what I'm saying. You get good waves and bad waves. You just have to recognize which wave you're on. So I want to share a scripture with you because some of you guys are thinking, oh, well, oh that's great, wonderful. Let's, let's, uh, let's just uh, personify that with some scripture. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. And I'm going to do it out of the message because to me I found this is the most profound to date, today language that speaks to us as people. Chapter 11, verse 28. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, 
get away with me and recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Wow. Dude, I don't know about you, but I need that. I need a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Huh? Unforced rhythms of grace, where God's grace leads you and guides you and directs you. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Very profound scriptural commentary, don't you think? I mean, how many of you guys would really like to experience the rhythms of grace where you don't have to strive? We are all created and built into what I call a performance-based culture. Am I right? Now, performance is okay as long as it's balanced. But unfortunately, most performance today is not balanced with a foundation of love. See, performance without love becomes control. And I think if we've been in the church, we experienced it, don't we? Okay? Love and grace are the two components that we need to function in the New Testament model church. But you don't find that much because the bottom line is most people are performing. And we get into cycling rhythms with church. I mean, we go there, we listen to three songs, two hymns, one our father, a little message, a sermonette, and then we're out the door. And we go there every Sunday, and it just becomes a cyclic rhythm. And what do we get out of it? If you're not transformed when you walk out, you probably maybe need to find something else to do on the Sunday morning. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, why do something when you get the same result all the time? Maybe you should change what you do. Isn't that insanity if you do the same thing expecting a different result? All right. I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm, I'm meant to mess. I want to throw a pebble in your pond. So I went and looked up this, the, the, the Greek meaning of rhythm, which is rhythmos. Any regular reoccurring motion, symmetry, generally means a movement marked by a regulated succession of strong and weak elements or, or of an opposing or different conditions. So it's a, it's, a, it's a pattern. So we know that from a rhythm created a cycle, right? From a cycle, we know that we develop a pattern, and from a pattern comes a culture. So it's like the frog in the water. It's a slow boil. You know, the rhythm, because you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it's great, the great experience, and then suddenly you just become in this cycle and in a pattern, and then before you know where you're in this culture, and you shout a lot, scream a lot, make a lot of noise, but there's no power. There's no impetus. There's nothing moving. Why? It's because you probably become blinded within your culture. Remember the Bible says, the God of this world has blinded them that are perishing. Well, I'm not perishing. No, listen, from the day that you're born, you begin the perishing process. From the day you're born. Even though you're a baby and you start living, you begin the dying process. When you get into the kingdom and you get saved, right? The first day you give your life to Christ, guess what happens to you? You start dying to the old things. That's a continual process. That's a cycle. Am I right? You guys don't sound encouraged. <laughs> I'm encouraged. So I went and looked at what happens and how rhythms are created. And I looked at God created the universe. And he created this whole thing in one, in one sentence, one simple idea. And then what he did is he came in and he split the frequency. He changed it from, he created day and night. He split the light, had daylight and night light. Then he split the sun and the moon. He created differences there. He created a bunch of different things. He created waves. He put four seasons in place. They're all cyclic. I don't care what you feel, but every year when you wake up, you go through summer, right? Fall, right? Autumn and spring. 
You go through those cyclic rhythms. They're just there because God was the one who created them, put them in place. So they're good things, but they can also become bad things if you allow them to. That's why it's imperative to live a lifestyle of faith and live by the Spirit. Be directed and guided by the Spirit. Not your circumstances, not your emotions, not even the things you do should direct your path. So because you have this great ministry, does that mean that you need to do everything in power to empower yourself to be a great minister? No, I don't think so. I think you need to just get into a relationship and let God work through you. What did it say in the book of Matthew? Walk with me, let me show you. Let me teach you rhythms of grace. You know, I've, a couple of years back there, I used to have a, what I thought was a successful ministry. Traveled, did conferences, traveled over, gone every weekend, ministering all over the world. Did great things, made wonderful opportunities, made wonderful things to the point that I almost killed myself because I was performance-based. I wanted to get up there and I wanted to knock it out of the ballpark. Man, I want to hit a home run every time I get out there. And I spent time and effort and energy focusing on that. And then one day I just was sitting on a TV program in Phoenix, Arizona, having an interview, and I collapsed and went unconscious. And in that process of going unconscious, God spoke to me and said to me, enough. You've been doing it in your own strength. Now stand down. Well, I couldn't do anything else. I mean, I was unconscious. So. <laughs> and so I basically ended up in hospital and then I had a review of my medical panels and I started to find out my body was out of whack, my blood was out of whack, my physical emotions, were, everything was messed up. And now I'm trying to be this great counselor and prophet of God, ministering to people. Meantime, my life was in the toilet, personally, physically, emotionally. I came home distraught. God, what am I going to do? How am I going to live? How am I going to survive? You know, I'm dependent on what I do. This is my income. And God says, no, you're not. I am your income. You've created a cycle. You've created a rhythm. You've created expectation with people to do a certain thing. And the basis is I'm not even in it. And so I was doing stuff that God wasn't in because I was doing it because people expected me to do it. What was that? Rhythm, cycle, pattern, culture. That's what we have in the church today. That's why we're not impacting the culture. Is because we are so trapped in the culture. So I started to go through this, you know, and coming from Africa, I love this, you know. In Africa, especially when I was in the bush in the military, you had to learn the different rhythms between daytime and nighttime. Reason why is daytime animals... They're okay. You can get by. <laughs> you can see them. The only problem you'd have is with monkeys and birds. They'd normally give you away, especially if you're on a mission. Nighttime animals, that's a whole different story. You're the slowest thing on two feet. You're a happy meal waiting for a place to happen. <laughs> so when you're out there and you hear, uh-oh, it's too late to learn how to navigate at nighttime when you hear those noises. If you haven't been trained how to navigate the nighttime, you're in trouble. Because let me tell you, they will find you. So you learn. You learn nature's rhythms. You learn animal pattern behavior. You learn all those different rhythms. And the real solution to that whole lion episode at night was a very simple fix, a very simple solution to fix that. Can you anybody tell me what it is? No, not a flashlight. That would give you away. <laughs> you find the elephant poop. Yeah. Because what attacks an elephant? Nothing. 
Just don't get female elephant poop. You'll be in big trouble, especially if there's a bull around. <laughs> and you wipe it on you. What it does, it creates a... Sm- I know it sounds gross. Hey, guys, listen. We're, we're living in the kingdom now. You have to use what's available. <laughs> Animal kingdom is a whole different kingdom, but it's a kingdom. And let me tell you who rules that kingdom. Lions. And who comes after them? Hyenas. And then you just go through the, the melody of different guys. So you learn to recognize the cycles of life that you're in. Plus, you learn to recognize your own inefficiency in cycling. I'm not saying that you need to find an elephant stool and do that for yourself today. I'm not saying that. But if you're in Africa and you're in a situation, dude, you need to get a quick wake-up call. I was at a, in uh, the Kruger Park. We were doing a mission there once, and there was this group of American tourists. It was so funny because you know, I looked at this guy and I thought to myself, what are you thinking? He gets out of the car and he walks up and he starts photographing the lions like from about 30 foot away. And I looked at this and I thought, dead man walking. Dead man walking. And he became comfortable because he thought there's a bunch of kitty cats, you see. And until this one female charged him because you've got to watch the females in the animal kingdom. They are volatile. And I'm telling you, that female came up on that guy so quick, he didn't even have time to turn. And the next minute, he had pop, and his head was popped. You can't play. You've got to recognize where you are. And that's what we're dealing in life. We're dealing today against what is called a roaring lion who's seeking whom he can devour and destroy. And if you become complacent in your cycle and your rhythm, let me tell you something. Your head's going to pop before you know where you are. Get, get in touch with what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. Start navigating your life by the Spirit. So I went through all this stuff and I, I watched it. But now I said to the Lord, now tell me, Lord, how can I relate this to your Word? I mean, where did you change people's cycle in the Word? How did you, how did you go in and transform people that they started to see a different component in life? How did you extricate them from a, a cultural uh, rhythm? Go with me to the book of John. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not Genesis, Exodus, John. So Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well. So here we go. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining baptizing more than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. He left Judea and went to Galilee. And he came through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the sat down of the well, it was about noon, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. So you see here, firstly, Jesus is now, what I believe would be in a weakened state, okay? Because he's been ministering, he's been walking. In those days, they didn't have planes, trains, and cars. They had to walk, donkeys, and so forth. So I can imagine he was really, in his physical self, was really weak and was waiting for somebody to come draw water. The reason why he was waiting in the well is because, <laughs> I know this sounds misogynistic, but those days the woman would do all the work. And they had to come draw the water. Now this Samaritan woman, she grew up in this culture. She lived there. You notice that this is probably Jacob and Joseph were great, great, great grandparents. So she's probably been doing this. She probably learned this from her mother and from her grandmother. Because the woman's function in those days was 
to go and draw water to feed the cattle, to feed the travelers, as well as to bring to the city. So she was in a, what would you call it? Would you call it a generational cyclic pattern? It had been done for years by her mother and by her grandmother and so on. And so she just grew up in that and she, fought, she fell into the cyclic pattern. She was in this culture and there was nothing that was going to change it. And every day she would get up and day after day she would go down to the well and do her thing. Can you, can you see that? I mean, do you guys know what I'm talking about? You get up every day and you just do your thing. Hopefully that somewhere along the line, God's going to do a miracle. So here we go. So the interesting thing is, verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Wow. So not only is she in a generational cycle pattern, but yeah, you also see there's a gender bias pattern as well as a religious bias pattern. So she's got three of these things working against her already, and she just met the guy. Okay? How do I know that she's in, a, in, a, in a, uh, this generational pattern? She asked Jesus in verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? So she was really trapped in this culture of recognizing, well, hey, you know, Jacob was one of the greatest. But yes, she was dealing with the son of man. She hadn't had a revelation yet. But the truth of the matter, she couldn't have a relation because these things were blocking her ability to see. You'll be surprised what blocks your ability to see. You'll be surprised. That's why it's imperative the Holy Spirit upset the water so that you can start seeing clearly. Because let me tell you, if you're comfortable and you're complacent, you won't see. People say, well, I don't like, I don't like going through distress. Distress is a good thing. It drives you to your knees. And when you're on your knees, that's when you have revelation. That's when you have experiences with God. When, you, when, you, when you're really in a hungry place, when you're desiring an answer, a solution, that's where you find this answer to your solution. So here we go. Uh, and Jesus answered and said, Everyone who drinks water from us will thirst again. Whoever drinks water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't thirst again. And I have to come here and draw water. So we could see there's now some things, the lights are coming on Yeah, She's trying to understand what he's talking about. She goes into this other thing in verse 16. He said to her, go and, go, he told her, go and call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you are right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you have had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. And she said, what you said is quite true. So now she's caught in a generational pattern, a religious bias pattern. There's probably some misogyny involved there too, so she's in that cycle. And now she has a relational problem because she has five husbands plus the guy she's living with now is not her husband. So she's in adultery as well. Uh, under the law of those days, she should have been taken out and stoned, right? I mean, there's some serious things working against this woman's life. But she's, she does her thing every day. She gets up every day, believing every day, trusting every day, hoping every day that things are going to change. But nothing's changed until she has an encounter with this guy at the well. See, some of you guys need to have an encounter at the well. You come to the place with everything you have, and he reveals to you who you really are. See, what he did, the first cycle of revealing, of breaking the cycle, is revealing who you are. Your current reality, your present state of mind. Her present state.
seconds. I'm back. I cycled that for a moment, guys. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so where was I? Okay. Woman at the well. Okay. We need that kind of. So, yeah, yeah, let me go again. I know the enemy's trying to interrupt the message. I understand that because he doesn't want you to change the cycle. It's not a problem to me. So we find that that woman firstly has some serious major issues. She has relational problems. She's trapped in these different things. But I love the fact that Jesus first revealed to her her current reality. And he was gracious. He didn't judge her. He didn't throw stones. He didn't try to kill her. He just revealed it, who she is. And then, of course, verse 19. Sir, the woman said, can I, I can see you're a prophet. Duh. Our ancestors worship this. And then she goes into this whole religious conversation with him. Notice once again, her cycle that she was trapped in started to speak through her. Yeah, you can hear it a lot when you speak to Christians because out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. You want to you hear where a person is? Let them talk. <laughs> I tell my daughters when they, da- well, I don't believe in dating, but anyway, I tell my daughters when they meet guys, just go out with a guy five times and just keep quiet and let him talk. You'll, by the fifth time, you'll know what he is. Because guys, you know, can't stop talking about themselves. <laughs> Am I right? Am I cycling out here? Are you guys okay? Do you need a pack of sugar? Guys, you've got, de- you got to develop a sense of humor. It's beautiful. I love it. So she goes into this religious discourse with him. A woman replied, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship your father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. So Jesus rebuts her conversation about this religious thing. Remember, don't forget, I told you she has this religious bias working in her life. So he rebuts that. And then she goes with this discourse. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So what he does, firstly, he recognizes all these things that have got her in a trap. Then he speaks to her about who she is. And then he reveals himself to her. And in the process of revealing self to her, there's something that changed. Let me show you what changed. In verse 28, then leaving her water jar. Hold on a second. This was her tools of the trade. I mean, she'd done this for a whole lifetime. She'd come to this well with this bucket of water. And suddenly after this little discourse with Christ, she has an encounter and an epiphany. And he threw a pebble in a pond. And what happened is the lens of all these different rhythms changed and the frequency in which the spirit changed. And what did she do? She left her, her tools behind. There's another guy who left stuff behind, Elisha. When Elijah went and prophesied over him and anointed him, what did he do? He actually took the tools of his trade, cut them up, burnt them, destroyed them, kissed his family and followed him. Isn't that amazing how that pebble in the pond right there changed her outcome? He can change yours. Same way, it comes by revelation. And so what happened is she left the water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be Messiah? 
They came out of town and made their way towards him. So what did she do? She was transformed in an instant of time from a water boy or a water girl to a messenger. She didn't go to any school of the prophets or any of these conferences, how to draw water conference, you know, how to prepare a donkey conference. She didn't go to any of those conferences. She just had an encounter, a revelation of who she was and a revelation of who the one was speaking to her. And a whole message changed. A whole rhythm changed. The whole frequency changed. I love it. Verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We now have heard for ourselves. We know that this man really is the savior of the world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. You want to change what you're doing. You want to get out of a cyclic pattern. You want to start transforming the way you think, transforming the way you see, changing things. You have the potential. If you have Christ in you, you have all this potential. You know, I was discussing with a businessman the other day about the power of um, visualization. And he said, you get all kind of religious discourse with me. You know, oh, wow, that's new age. I said, well, well, hold on a second. Where did you get that from? I read in a book. I said, well, let me tell you. Whatever book it is, burn it. Because visualization is a very spiritual thing. We are visual people. We dream. We are theological. We've been created theological. What does that mean? We follow what we see, what we hear, and what we say. We are created in God's image. We are theological. So if you see a thing, you can walk towards it. If you see a thing in your life, a dream, a vision, you can start making progress to getting towards that thing. You can bring that thing from the future to the now. If you're a spiritual person, you understand that. So I said, just let me explain something to you about visualization. The new ages have taken it and made it something it's not. You want to see where visualization came in? I said, I'll give you scriptures for it. I'll speak about Abraham. When God spoke to him about being a father of many nations. Visualized it. And was accounted to him as faith. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he asked the disciples to pray with him, what happened? Is they fell asleep. And he went back and asked them, please, can't you just tarry with me? Why? Because the visualization of what his mission was came to him in a very real way. Blood came on his forehead. From the stress and the tension of taking on the sin of the world from the first man to the last man. And this one knew no sin. And he had to carry that. He visualized it. Why? He needed to because he needed to see it so that it could help him walk to the cross. Because let me tell you, he said this, nothing is in me. Satan has nothing in me. So Satan didn't drive him to the cross, but the will of the Father drove him. Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. You've got to understand, folks, we are spiritual beings. We have mediums given to us by the Holy Spirit that can bring us into such great places with God. But we have become culturally deaf and dumb. We've allowed the culture and the politics of this nation and the politics in the church to affect us. And that's why we go to hospitals and pray for people and they don't recover. That's why people come to the church, we pray for them and they don't recover. Why? Because we have such a lot of different rhythms that we are trapped in. Hello? We are. Just listen to it out of the guy's mouth. You can just ask him what he feels about something. And boo. Let me say something to you. 
Everyone that's called into the kingdom by God has been given a gift. And if we start just seeing the gift that is in us, that God has given us, I'm not, I'm not even talking about the grace. I'm talking about the gift that God has put inside of you. How you can get in front of people and by dropping a pebble in their pond, you can transform their lives. You don't need to do great miracles. You don't need to... God said to me, man, one day when I see God riding on the back of the wall, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. <clears throat> I said, let me say something to you. Yes, you're writing right here. This is about all the writing you're going to get on the wall. No more. There's not going to be miracles, signs, and wonders to bring you in the kingdom. They've been done. Yes, your sign. Yes, your wonder. Oh, you're so offensive. Oh, do me a favor. <clears throat> we need to start being bold. We need to start being what we were called to be. I go into places. I go into horrible places sometimes. I don't care. I really don't care. I have authority. And I exercise it. My daughter was giving birth a couple of months back, cesarean section, and the doctor was talking. I put my hand in his mouth. I'm in the operating theater. He's operating theater. I put my hand over his mouth. He looks at me and says, what do you do that for? I said, stop talking. And that operating there was quiet. <laughs> and afterwards he came to me and said, you know, I'm very offended. I said, you need to be. I said, you have cut somebody's body open. And you're speaking into that person's receptive cavity in their body. Their creative receptive cavity. You're speaking garbage. You're speaking things as though you're God and you're not. You're practicing medicine. You're, not a, you're a doctor, but you're practicing. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you're not a life giver. He is. I said, and the things you were speaking, I'm not in agreement with. And I break the power of those words. You're not speaking them into that life cavity. How many women have gone to an OBGYN and he sat in front of them and their cavity is all open and he's speaking, well, you're never going to have babies. Well, Hello. I don't know how many couples I've prayed for. They've been married 10, 12, 15 years, can't have children. God comes in, drops a pebble in the pond, yeah. <laughs> speaks a word, conception. Yeah. You've got to understand the process, people. If you've been prognosticated over or prognosed or diagnosed over, you need to start understanding the rhythm that's been created inside of you and know how to throw a pebble in that pond and break that thing. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. You want to change your outcome? You need to start changing your communication. You want to change your economic situation? Change the way you speak. We are, we are messengers of grace. We function in rhythms of grace. We have the ability to change frequencies on things. Come on. Because a wave creates frequency. Light creates frequency. Light creates a wave. We are messengers of light. I listen to guys speak, man, man, this country's in trouble and blah, blah, blah. I said, dude, shut up. Seriously. You sound like you've fallen into that elephant poop. <laughs> and the stuff's coming out of your mouth. Sorry, just being honest. You want this culture to change? Then you need to change what comes out of this thing. Your pie hole. You eat with that same mouth that you speak that garbage out of. Hello? You wonder why you're in the situation? Because you created those cycles. 
You listen to the woman. The rebuttal she gave Jesus. She spoke, well, you know, are you greater than Jacob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't understand what Colossians says, that Jesus holds the world together. She didn't understand it. She didn't have a revelation. We know he does. I have a pastor friend of mine this last week been taken to the hospital in Baylor and uh, really in a serious condition. Went up there and prayed with him. And uh, they wanted to give him an endoscopy. And I just didn't feel good about it. I said, man, I don't think it's a good thing. Well, what they did is they perforated his colon. Rushed him into emergency. And when they rushed him into emergency, they cut him open. They found his whole colon was dead. Doctors had put him on pain medication and killed his colon. And the doctor was prognosticating, saying, man, you know, he's not going to make it. And I walked up to the doctor and said, shut up. He looked at me, what do you mean? I said, you don't have life. Because if you had life, you would be able to say what you say. You don't have life. He's going to make it. Well, how do you know? Because I'm prophesying it to him. <laughs> he got kind of offended, but I really couldn't care. We can take it out into the parking lot. We can resolve this in five seconds. One swift chop to the throat. He won't be speaking like it anymore. We've become complacent. I'm not saying we need to do bodily harm to people, but seriously, man. The rhythms we create inside of us is just unbelievable. Anxiety, fear, stress, worry. How am I going to do this? Hey, just ask God to change your lens. Ask God to give you something to visualize. When I, when I was told I'm coming to America, I didn't know where I was going to go. One thing God told me, don't take any names, don't take any contacts. Now, that makes that really ups the ante. Now I really don't know where to go. Because <laughs> normally you, you try and go to where your favor is, to where the people are that would sort of help you. So I said, God, where do I go? He says, I will lead you by my spirit. I thought, oh, when I got to America, I couldn't hear God. I was really worried. Because Africa, I could hear God clearly. Because it was just an open heaven. I don't know why. Probably just was my mind condition. But when I came here, it was like I couldn't hear God. It was so noisy. Everywhere you went was noise. The roads were noise. The, you went to a restaurant, it was noise, 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 noise. Media's noise, all this noise. You don't understand what a noisy culture this is. You sit in the restaurant at a table quietly, you and your partner together, having a nice meal, and a crowd of four people moving next to you, and suddenly you're running at 80 decibels. And you know what the funny thing is? They're all talking together at the same time, and I'm wondering who's listening. They're not. They're all going to... And you wonder why we're in trouble as a culture because nobody's listening. Everybody's making a bunch of noise. And so I would walk days in Ulysses. I'd walk days and nights asking God, Oh, Jesus, did I miss you? Did I miss you? Come to America. Did I miss you? God said, I'm going to lead you by my spirit. How is it going to happen? I can't hear you, God. And the Lord led and the Lord brought. And the Lord took relationships away. He took things out of my life, which were very painful. Because, you know, performance without love and grace is control. And I didn't realize how much control I had in my life and how much control I had over my life. Because, man, I could, I could, I could sell ice to Eskimos. I was good. And I realized when I got here, God took all the goodness and the, my good things away and he gave me 
his good things. But I couldn't see his good things because I, I, my mind, I just wasn't there. I was in the wrong place. My toolbox wasn't equipped. I was equipped for a worldly toolbox, but I wasn't equipped for a spiritual toolbox. So I began a crash course of learning to hear the voice of the Lord all over again, like new. I thought I knew it all, but God allowed me to suffer great disappointment. And then the great disappointment drove me to my knees, threw a pebble in my pond, upset my waves until I could start hearing him. Until I could, and what I do is I nurture that. Now to me, I get up early in the morning when there's no noise so that I could spend time with him. Why? Because my life is dependent on it. That's why when I hear sounds, I can quite easily, very quickly tell you that's the sound of the Lord or not. Not that I've been funny, not critical, not judgmental. I avoid noisy people. My training in the military taught me to be covert, undercover, hide, not be revealed. Infiltrate an area, do your mission, exfiltrate. Don't get your head blown off. That's a very good lesson <laughs> in the kingdom. That's a very good lesson. I don't want to die needlessly. I want to be able to survive and continue to complete the mission like Paul did till the very end. So I don't do things other guys. Well, why don't you advertise? Because I'm, I'm, I don't believe in that. Why don't you write a book? I am a book. You want to read my pages? Walk with me. It's a different sound. Wow, I could benefit your ministry greatly. No, no, I've been there. And the things that benefited my ministry was it brought looky-loos into my life. You don't need looky-loos. You know what looky-loos are? Those are people that just come and look. Oh, look at that. Fantastic. He's got a nice accent. Don't know what he said. Looky-loos. People are not wanting to be impacted and impregnated by the Spirit. And we call them flocking floozies. It's like birds. Make a bunch of noise. Blah, 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 but nothing. So God is getting ready to change some of our rhythms. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy, eh? In the charismatic sense of the word, that's a real word. Have you been to any of these conferences and you all the gaggles of geese going on over there? And nothing happens. They all come out. Oh, wasn't that great? God did such great things. What did he do? I don't know, but it was great. It only cost you $3,000 to go to the conference. It was great. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Patterns, cycles. I, went to, I was invited to be a speaker at a conference once. I think I really offended these guys. I was sitting there, and they were doing all the strange stuff. They had these people stand up, and they were walking over them with sticks. And they were throwing flour at them. And they walked over the prayer shawl over them. And I'm standing there, and thinking, myself, oh, God. These people have come to receive the anointing. And these guys over here are gyrating and doing all this stuff, like the prophets of Balaam. I got offended in my heart because the fact is uh, the hunger in the people drove me to compassion. I said, God, what, what is going on here? These guys are playing games over here. And I said, get up and walk past everybody. And I got up, and there's a whole line, man. There's about almost 200 people. I walk, just walked. And I poof, 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 poof. And all, wow. That's some serious deodorant right there. Stopped. And they turned around and they came to me and so the one person said, what do you think you're doing? Well, I'm doing what God told me to do, walk down here. Well, you're disrupting everything we're doing. It needs to be disrupted. <laughs> well, that's not very nice. We, we, we're working together here in this conference. I said, no, we're not working together. You are working your stuff over there. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not God. Guess I wasn't invited back to the conference. 
But you know what? I'm not prepared to build against because the bottom line is those people's blood is on our hands. If you're a messenger, you need to leave your tools that you trafficked in before and behind and go with the message. You don't need to add stuff to your message. You don't need to put stuff in you and make stuff, make yourself look better. To, to. A guy told me, was, hey, man, you need to put shoulder pads in your jacket so you can look more impressive. It's like, okay. Didn't they try and do that with David? Put some armor on him, make him look more impressive <laughs> to Goliath? What are you saying about him, a dog? Huh? Come on, seriously, people. God is a rhythm changer. He's changing the rhythm of the church. The church is getting ready for persecution. We're getting ready to get what I call receive a statewide church. You'll see it. It's going to happen. And we're getting ready to experience the underground church. Those people that are hidden, that are directed and led and guided by the Holy Spirit. God's doing it. It's getting ready to be. It's get, you never thought it would happen in America, but it's happening. Why? That's going to be the salvation of this nation. Underground church is going to be a very powerful component. It's going to really touch the world. Why? It's because God has taken us off the showcase and putting us on the mantle of the Spirit. We're getting ready to be transformed into something that is glorious, powerful, that everywhere our feet shall tread, that's the land that we shall inherit. I laugh when I watch these people do some spiritual warfare. I don't mean to be derogatory. <laughs> but to me, I see people come away from spiritual warfare being attacked more by demons than anything they're doing against demons. And then I realize why. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, above powers and principalities, rulers of darkness in the wicked places. So we have a dominion over them. You know? But we have a lot of people chasing demons and then nothing happens. Because, you know, the demon realm has dominion and authority, and they just change out. So one day you're fighting against the Prince of Greece, next day Prince of Persia, but you haven't changed your vision because your rhythm's the same. And you can stand with your degree in front of a demon and say, I, by the power of my, it's not going to listen. He's going to, Paul, I don't know, Timothy, I know, who are you? God's getting ready to change the rhythm of the church. And there will be people who won't be able to hear it, receive it, understand it, because the bottom line is they, they just can't. That's, that scripture in Revelation comes to me. Because you look warm, I'll spit you out. You need to live your life passionately. Engage with him passionately. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the anointing. Right now, Father, every single rhythm is a contradiction to your will and your word today. I thank you, Lord, that you throw a pebble in the pond. Reveal yourself, Jesus, in a whole new way. Put the lights up, guys, please. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of the Spirit today. Lord, that you direct and guide and lead and bring us into all truth. Right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the grace that flows, the rhythms of grace that flow. Lord, today, you're taking your saints out of performance. And you're bringing them into relationship with love and with grace. You're recalibrating our frequency. You're bringing us into line with the frequency of 777, which is the number of your name. Lord, today we let go of the number 666. Even though we were created in the flesh, we are spiritual beings today. Our frequency that flows from us is you.
the hope of our glory, you who lives in us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Is it okay if I pass out a couple of people? This young lady, I want, to, I want you to come here. Come here. <clears throat> What's your name? Just raise your hands. Kate, would you mind being here? Yeah, don't worry, you don't need to face them. Turn around, let your back be there to face me. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Okay, let me say something to you. The spirit of heaviness on you, okay? This thing has been tormenting you for a long time. There's been a real heaviness that's come against you. It's like at times you almost feel like you, you don't have the energy and strength to get up and move. It's like this wet blanket, this cloud. Today I just break the power of that thing of your life in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, today that she's going to be joyful and there's a worshiping anointing upon her today. And I release the grace of the kingdom into her life right now in Jesus' name. Hey, Yorick, did, uh, can you just leave? Go and call him. I've got a word for him. So, Father, right now, I just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And let, let, let me say something to you. Anxiety and fear. What's going on? Why are you so afraid? Are you afraid? I'm not, I'm not trying to uncover you. I'm just trying to deal with this thing because I could see it. And God wants to change that. He wants to bring you into a place of joy. When you look in the mirror, you're not happy with what you see. But when God looks at you, He's happy with what He sees. He created you fearfully and wonderfully in His image and His likeness. And that you have great value inside of you. And there's a real anointing on your life to teach and train and equip and educate people. But you're going to break the cycle today in Jesus' name. So I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you right now. And I just thank you, Lord, today that your yoke is light and your burden is easy, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you. Do you play an instrument? No? Because you are an instrument, that's why. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just release that anointing right now. Okay? Sorry, Kenyon, I didn't mean to call you back, but I have a word for you. And Katie, you can come with because you are one. <laughs> I don't want you to get away, bro. I have one shot. I have one shot, man. I just want to, I just want to release. You know, there's a unique grace that's been on your life since you were a little boy. And God has allowed you to do many things and brought great, great reward to you. But there's still a great call on your life. There's a great anointing on your life. Let me tell you, I'm going to say this to you. You are a culture changer. And you're getting ready. Whereas before you used to stand on the line and defend Today, God's causing you to be a man that's going to be an offensive man. You're going to start moving into the things and start taking lives, people's lives, and bringing into accountability. God's given an apostolic anointing on your life. There's a grace on you. So whatever you put your hand to and place your hand upon both of you together, God is getting ready to open up a supernatural door. And here's what I'm saying to you. There's going to be a door open to you nationally and internationally to go and speak at ministry places, because of your reputation and history in the world, men are going to honor you and bring you in and you're going to speak and you're going to have a transformative word, prophetic word, because there's a prophetic mantle on your life. And you're going to declare the word and men are going to be set free from captivity of their minds to lust and pornography and perversions and even to greed because God has put a pure word in you and you've been preserved. There's been times you wanted to do things because you thought it was a good thing to do and God has stopped it. And you've been disappointed, but God allowed that because he's got much greater things for you. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of a hope and a future. And today I want to declare to you, where you've looked at other men as being great men of God, I want to tell you today, I declare that you are that great man that you've been looking at. The reflection of Christ in you is coming to you today and is touching you. And as far as fathering is concerned, you're a great father to your kids, but you're going to be a great father to men who are fatherless. God has called you by the Spirit and he's given you this prize. 
the spirit of intercession, this anointing here, the prophetic anointing. So, Father, I just release on, the, on this couple today a supernatural grace, Lord, to, on their lives like never before. Father, that the call will come. It will be a clear and very clear call. And, Father, there will be opportunities for them together to be a two-edged sword that you speak about in the book of Jeremiah whether it cut between kingdoms, horse and rider, and Father, they would even set the captive free on the run, wherever they go, Lord, that you would, the message that's inside of them is about freedom and liberty. And Lord, today I thank you that I just release the grace upon them. And everything they put their hand to, Father, they will prosper. And I just release that in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you want to call hope? Do you want to get hope? Bobby, I just want to share a word with you. Uh, Tracy, would you join me? You got to put your little equipment on. So, why well, I want to throw a pebble in your pond today? You want to sit down? So, here's something that God has given you that you probably haven't seen about yourself, but there's a great call in you. And what it's done, it's created where people have come against you where people have stood against you, and without even knowing it, why they do it, they just, they just turn against you, and you have no concept of understanding why. But the reason why is because there's an anointing that convicts them. And God's opening the door right now for you for a new season. And let me tell you, some of the old relationships have passed out because what they've done is they've just used you. They've used the grace that's upon you. They've tried to carry the Ark of the Covenant, the anointing, in the wrong way. And God has said that he's, he's put you aside, he's preserved you for a season that's to come because you're going to bring revelation to so many concerning visualization, concerning dreams and understanding. Not only that, also conf confirming prophetic words to people that God's going to show you in dreams, understand how people function. But today I just released a supernatural Lord of grace. I want to declare to you today a new season, a new beginning, a new hope. And Father, today I just take authority over every single word spoken in contradiction to the will that you have for a life and the word you have for a life. God is getting ready to cause you to be a person that will change dynamics, change cultures, change history. Because he's put it in you from when you were a little girl. You were dedicated to the Lord. You were set apart for him to do the work of his service. And that is why your life has, in a way, been isolated and insulated. And where you've revered others and you walked behind them and you've served them and you've loved them and you've done all these things, they've never recognized you and responded to that. But God says, I'm the one that reveres I'm the one that recognizes, and I'm the one that anoints and appoints. And today it says the Lord, I appoint you as a voice to the culture, one that will speak forth something profound. And the Lord says, I'm going to open up a new door. I'm creating a new wave of blessing, an opportunity for you. So, Father, today all opposition has washed out the way. Those in the past who you've stood by and you've served are going to now come and serve you. So, Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name that you have given her something supernatural. You're making a part of the underground church, Lord, the hidden quantity of the kingdom in this world. And, Father, you're preparing it even today. And, Father, even now, understanding comes to a spirit, Lord, about this new, new dimension. And I thank you, Lord, today that even though you've allowed her heart to be broken at times, Father, you've allowed her to be broken because you brought out of her compassion. And, Lord, you put a breastplate upon her to protect her, Father, from the wounds of things that people say and do. Because, Lord, she only needs to hear the things that you say and do. She needs to follow you and see you, how you do it, so that she can mimic what you do. That's what you did, Father. You did that. You taught Jesus how to walk by the things that he saw you do. So today, Father, I thank you 
that you're causing a groundbreaking experience to take place and a new opening and a new dawn, a new facility, Lord, for people to come to her dream center, Lord, to experience your purpose. And Father, I thank you today that men who have tried to control the destiny and purpose of this woman's ministry today will be removed. And Father, you're going to create a resource that's going to come supernaturally, Father, by the power of the Spirit. And I just see the Holy Spirit open doors for you to go to Israel. I see a new thing beginning there. I see a new thing happening in Australia. I see a new thing happening in Britain. I see God taking you in as a, a beforehand kind of person, a forerunner. And just release that anointing on her right now, Jesus. And Lord, no longer will she be taken advantage of. But Father, today, we just break the power of misogyny that's worked against her, Lord. The rhythm that has come against women ministries in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I thank you. For Barbie breath it, Lord, that you are putting the breath of the Spirit inside of her. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. You know, it's amazing talking about misogyny. It's misogyny is not only a man thing. I don't know if you people know these, but it's a woman hating spirit. Women have it as well. <laughs> Especially women who've grown up in religion. They actually hate themselves. It's kind of weird. Have you ever heard some of them? When they talk against who they are and what their position Let me tell you what God did. There's no longer bond, nor Greek, Jew, nor free. We're new creations in Christ. New Testament concept of gender is fine for reproduction, but concept of gender, as far as kingdom is concerned, we're all sons of God. That's what I believe. And I don't care if people don't believe it. It's okay. I believe that. Because I don't see God dealing on gender. There's no daughters of God in the New Testament. It's only sons. Hope. Come here to me. Okay, this is, the, this is the instrument in God. This is an instrument of compassion and mercy. This is the coming Mother Teresa to the broken and wounded culture. So, Lord, I thank you for this young lady. Join me, Tracy. Join me. Father, I thank you for this young girl. And I'm releasing healing into your hands and into your wings right now. Father, I just released the anointing on this young girl. And God says, I have given you the heart of compassion and the heart of mercy. And God says, I'm mentoring you and teaching you how to receive those who are not received and not accepted by others. Those who are rejected because of what they look like. And I'm going to put in your hands the ability, Father says, to lay hands on people and they shall recover. And even to raise the dead. Because of your heart is so pure, says the Lord. And your heart is so much for me, says the Lord. And I've, I've ordained that, says God. I've put a song within you and a music within you and a sound within you and a writing ability within you, and I'm calling you to be my psalmist, and I'm causing my spirit to move upon you. And today, Father, I set this young lady apart, Father, for special deal and special works in the kingdom, and nothing by all means shall hinder the purposes that you've called it to. And I just thank you, Father, that you are going to use this young woman to touch her daddy's heart. And Father is going to bring him to his knees to know you in a way that he's never known you. Thank you, Father, that you brought hope, and you put hope in her, and you put strength in her, and that you put a prophetic mantle upon her life in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you guys okay with time? Are we, I, mean, I mean, you know, time is fleeting. Madness fills the air. But however, it's always good to be able to speak the things of God, I think. When I came to America in 76, I saw that movie, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Freak, freaked me out. It's like, how do you do I? So you've met my famous handyman. <laughs> Hello. 
Hello. Hey, it's okay, man. It's okay. You've got to sometimes cover yourself with elephant dung. What can I say? Raise your hands. So, I see a restoration. I see a restoring. I restore God's grace on your life. I see how God has been rebuilding your temple. And how the enemy tried to come in and distort your perception of yourself. And how God is through the process of time has brought a restoration of who you are because he's anointed you greatly. And there was a wound that came into your life at an earlier age that actually set you on a course. Which initially looked like a destructive path. But however since then God by his spirit has moved that destructive path like he moves a river. And he's brought you into this place of grace. And I want to tell you now no longer will fear or torment or terror touch your life because the Holy Spirit has shrouded you and covered you and God is birthing something inside of you and this is going to be a new season where you're going to start carrying the glory of God inside of you because God's going to increase your household, your family. God's going to promote you. He's going to break the power of barrenness and the past has worked against you and today I'll release the anointing of healing on you and I just tell you today that self-loathing and self-hatred is broken of your life in Jesus' name and I thank you that no weapon formed against your womb would prosper but Father, you're going to bring forth the image and the nature of God and every single word that's been spoken to you today is broken. And even though the enemy tried to pervert your purpose, God is bringing it to fullness now. And I just release on you that anointing of administration and government and authority. And even today, even the addictions that try to take you today are broken of your life. And I thank you, Father, right now that you're healing a heart today, Father. And that you're doing a new work inside of this woman, Lord, because you created her fearfully and wonderfully. And I thank you even now today the pebble is cast in the pond of a vision that she would see things she's never seen before. And she would know things she's never known before. But she would know more than anything the love that you have for her. And the goodness that flows from you would flow through her. And I thank you, Father, that she's not rejected, but she's accepted. Because you've accepted her. And you've marked her. Lord, you've marked her. She can never go back. You've marked her. Lord, you burnt the bridge because the bridge is no longer there. She can't go back. Father, she has to advance into the kingdom. She has to walk into this place that you've called her place, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, you've given her grace and the ministry to her children. And I thank you, Father, that's a profound anointing. And Father, I thank you the healing is flowing through her right now. And I thank you, Father, you're bringing things into line. And Father, you're healing relationships and you're healing marriage. And Father, you're just healing everything. Because you are the great healer. And I release the anointing on you now. And the mercy, the mercy that, that you have found in the sight of God is a very profound thing. Because mercy has been sent to you. And mercy has been given to you. And you've, you've been found on the mercy seat. And God's wings are covering you. And you know, this speaks about this, the, you know, um, the valley of the shadow of death. It's only a shadow. You're covered in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91. And the shadow of death cannot do anything to you. It's, it's a false image. The image that you're covered in is you're hidden in the cleft of the rock, Christ Jesus. You have been since your birth. Because there's a purpose on your life. Okay? You're a woman of destiny. And you're coming into yourself now. You're coming into a newness of yourself. And you're putting up boundaries. You're not prepared to tolerate certain things because that's the Lord doing it in you, through you. Because in past people would just ride over you and just abuse and use and take advantage of no longer it's enough today I say to you that you are whole in Jesus name okay thank you, okay. Thank you Lord
It's the anointing that breaks the yoke, utterly destroys it beyond repair. Once the yoke has been broken, it can never be, be repaired. The devil can try what he likes, it can never be restored. When God breaks that yoke of slavery, it's done. There's a lot of you that need to hear what was spoken there because you can take that into your spirit. Now, Tom, let me talk to you for a minute. My son over there, Tom. Allez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Thank you. Okay, you become, a, you become a planet shaker. Okay. This has been in you for a long, long time. There's this almost like Navy seal inside of you. You just want to get into territory and you want to take it for the Lord. The Lord says, I'm holding you like a, like a racehorse. I'm holding you back right now. You're tramping the ground. He says, come on, Lord, just get me to them. Let me get there. And God's got you corralled and paddocked because the reason why is he wants you to run as a team. And you're a war horse. You want to run into the battle. But the Lord says, I'm not going to let you run into the battle on your own. I'm going to let you run into the battle with a team. You're not afraid of what's been shot, what's been said. You, you just want to pursue the kingdom that lays before you. God says, a point of time is coming. Now is a preparation time for God to prepare the gift and the thing inside of you because you are a future coming day apostle in this culture. And God says, you're going to shake ground. Like has never been shaken before. But the Lord says, wait and be patient. Let me walk with you. Let me show you. Let me teach you how I do it. Let me show you the creative rhythms of grace. Let me touch your house first, says the Lord. Let me bring life to your house and to your womb, says the Lord. Let me bring that place of growth in your life first so you can see when you walk out, you know that I am the God that gives life and I'm the only one that gives life. So you'll have the testimony of life built within you, says the Lord. Give me time and let me create within you a word within your mouth, says God. Not a religious word or a word that you hear in the culture, but a word that is unique to how I've created you, says the Lord. A profound word, says God, that when, I, when you speak, the authority and the dominion and the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon that word and it will cut like a sword. It will cut between flesh and spirit, bone. And God says, I'm developing within you something created brand new, says the Lord. The enemy's plan and purpose was for a destructive lifestyle. And to rob you and to create you barren. But God says, my plan is to fill you with abundance. And to expand your boundaries and your borders, says the Lord. Because I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you because God says, I love you. And I've loved you from the beginning. So I want you to know today, I just released the anointing of God on your life. That rhythms of God's grace would flood your life. That you surrender your purpose and your will to the Lord. And God will lead you and guide you and direct you. And there will be no lack in your household. So, Father, I release the word of the Lord now on Tom. And, Lord, I thank you that the days that have gone by, Father, in the past where he's felt like he's not worthy, today, Father, you have sealed him with the seal. And you've marked him with your mark. And I thank you, Lord, that he can never, ever again do things like the world wants him to do, but he can only do things that the Spirit directs him to do. You're opening up Something fantastic here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And this man is going to be one of the men who's going to hold the one corner of that star within his hand. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to put him into places with people of influence. And the word of the Lord is going to be direct, specific, creative. And I thank you as he speaks, Father, things and foundations and platforms are going to be established through his words. Because, Lord, you're going to watch after his words to perform them. I release the anointing of him right now in Jesus' name and on his wife too, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You guys okay? Oh, you guys look sad. My brother, I need to talk to you. Come here. Come to me. I want to pray for you. And we met the other day, and I, the minute we met, man, I just, I felt such a connection with you in the Spirit. And so I've been praying about you. And I've been praying specifically against disappointments because there's been times that people have, and things have set you up and then there's been this disappointment. It's a generational thing. And today we just break the power of that generational thing off you. you. Who God appoints? Who God appoints? No one can stand against. God has appointed you. And today I send before you favor. And you won't be rejected again. You'll be accepted. God's going to make a way for you to be accepted. And let me tell you, it's going to be profound. You're going to have the ability to impact a culture of people that you might never have been able to do because God's going to put you in that position and you're going to become a voice. And that's why it's imperative for you to measure the words that come out of your mouth. And that's why you're a man that doesn't speak much. You're a man that's quiet, but you're a man that's deep because the water runs deep with this brother. And let me say something to you. You're going to be a man of impact. When they think, well, he's not the one we want. We want somebody else. Something's going to happen and you're going to be the only one they're going to be able to choose because you know why? Because God has chosen you. You are the chosen instrument of the hand of the Lord. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter on size, height, weight, anything like that. It matters on what's inside you. And what's inside you is right. Is you have the heart of a warrior. And you're an overcomer. And God's going to give you eyes to see and visual abilities to visualize things before they happen. So you're aware of what's going to happen. You're aware of strategy. Your situational awareness is going to be very right. And you're going to be able to plow through and do things you've never been able to do in your life before. Why? It's because the Lord has anointed you as his ambassador, as his member of grace. And so, Father, I just release my anointing on my brother right now. And then, Father, today I thank you that the generational pattern rhythm of failure would be removed off him today. And as we throw this pebble in this pond today, Father, you baptize him in the fullness of the Spirit. Empower him, anoint him. Father, give him visual ability to see what the Spirit is doing today. And I thank you, Lord, when he goes back, he goes back with confidence and strength and power and authority. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you agree with me? Yes. Um, take it, brother. Okay, take it. All the way to the bank. Hallelujah. Sandon Smith. Come on. And your wife, too. Come here. Yes. My question to you is, how long does it take you once God speaks to you, to follow through. A long time. I know. A so, long time, Ron. I know. So you need to repent of that. So the rhythm that's been created here is procrastination. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's a generational cyclic rhythm. And I'm not trying to confront you or, or read you out. I'm just trying to tell you the battle that you have been having is procrastination. It's always, well, I'm going to wait and see. No, you, you wait, you're not going to see. If God speaks something to you, you need to see it, and then you need to move. You know what I mean? So, the Lord is positioning you for a breakthrough. Okay? Physically, spiritually, emotionally, and in your family. God's been positioning you for quite a while. It's taken a little bit of time for it to sink in, because firstly, you don't value yourself as someone that God wants to bless. You, so you can understand when God blesses that one or that one. But when it comes to you, you say, well, I, I don't deserve it. I haven't done enough and I haven't done right. And that's a lie. And I just break the power of that lie. Because let me tell you, 
you were dedicated to the Lord at your birth. You were given to Him. And He has great value inside of you. There's great depth and there's great prophetic giftings inside of you. And the greatest battle has not been the devil. The greatest battle you've been fighting is yourself. Is the concept and understanding of who you really are has been your greatest battle. You have all the components. You have the toolbox of compassion, mercy, grace, love. And even the enemy's trying to come in and put a wound within your soul so that you start fighting against yourself concerning where God wants you. Doubt, unbelief has tried to come and flush into your life and try to stop you from entering that place that God wants to open up to you. So today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just release that off you. I release that generational thing off you in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, God has created you fearfully and wonderfully. And I see you one day as a CEO of a big company, and directing and handling resources. And you say, God, I want to be a prophet in the church. God says, I'm taking you to the marketplace. I'm making my voice amongst the lost and the unsaved. So today I'm changing your lens. I'm going to take you to the wounded and the broken. Because those are the things that you've experienced. And those are the things that you have authority over because of my grace upon your life. And there's a great love that's on you. This is the season that God is restoring your household, your family, and God's going to give you an inheritance in the land. And God's going to give you a supernatural ability to make resource like you've never seen before. And I know in the natural you'd like to do so much to be able to, to, to make it work better. But let me tell you, the best way you can do it is to start on your knees. And let God direct you and let Him lead you and let Him show you. Because you're going to astound those people who've engaged you. Because God right now is changing who you are by the Spirit. I declare today that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That every voice that is raised against you will be defeated for you this very day. And will be driven from you in seven different directions. Release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you right now in Jesus' name and on your wife. And Father, I just release now the ability for them to conceive and expand their family, Lord, in the name of Jesus. No longer you hold back. God's going to bless you and He's going to prosper your household. Prosper your family. Because this is the season. This is the time. Fear won't stop you. Fear can't stop you. It's too weak. Because faith has got you. I thank you for the anointing of this man's life, Lord. In Jesus' name. New songs of worship are going to come from here too. It's an emotional time up here, man. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> I'm all verklempt. <laughs> it's like, shh. And I tell you, it's hot in here, isn't it? Whew, man. My brother's standing in the back door. Can I speak to you? What's your name, brother? Charles. Charles. Thank you, Father, for this man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're drawing him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you for Charles. Here's what I want to say to you.
No, 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 why I'm talking to you, don't speak in tongues, because you've got to receive. You can't give and receive at the same time. Okay, so just receive. Yeah, here's what God's telling me to do. God's getting ready to bring out a whole new thing inside of you. Okay. At the moment, you can't see it, but it's close by. It's right there. He's getting ready to open up the door for you where the door has not been opened before. And I want to just tell you today that hardship has been a thing that has pursued you in the past, and you've done everything you can to try and change that atmosphere. But today, God's changing it for you. So today, I just release you from hardship, and I release you into the place, the pleasant places, God calls them, the pleasant places, where you will see and know the vision that God's given you. And, and here's what God's going to do. He's going to send you to a cultural group of people, and you're going to take a word to them. But it's going to be in season. It's not going to be your word. It's going to be his word. When you stand there, it's almost like you're going to take a fillet knife and you're going to cut off religious traditions and doctrines of demons that have captivated the people and entrenched them in a, in a lifestyle that seems like it's Christian, but it's not. And they have all these strange behaviors and patterns that follow them. And God's going to send you in as a voice, as an oracle, as one to speak the words of the Lord. And he's going to give you a vehicle that's going to take you there. It could be a relationship. It could be a business. I don't know what it is, but God's going to create a vehicle for you to get in and have favor. Whereas in the past, it's a closed circle of people. You wouldn't have favor. But God's going to take you right into the closed circle. And he's going to open up the, the gift that's inside of you. And you're going to speak. And it's going to, be a, it's going to be a word that's going to be water and fire at the same time. It's going to have grace. And it's going to have the ability to set the captive free. So, Father, I just release the anointing on Charles today. And that you anoint him today with a kingly anointing. And you give him uh, an authority, Lord, of a culture. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Whew. It's hot, man. Do you want to join me? And do you want to minister some people with me? Barbie, I just, um, when I looked over at you, I saw a calendar page of July. And the last Saturday uh, in July just began to glow brighter and brighter. And it got so bright I couldn't see it. I couldn't look at it anymore. I don't know what you have planned for that day. God's getting ready to pour out glory like you've never experienced before. And all those around you, well, it'll, it will be so bright that they won't be able, you know, it's like the priests when they went, you know, they were in the temple and the glory of God fame, they, they had to leave. It was so bright. John, you and I were just talking a little bit before the service about kingdom business, and I, I just uh, I heard the word unguarded. Unguarded. You know, the, the principles of the kingdom of this world in business is to guard. One of those principles is to guard things. But if, if you're shifting over to the kingdom of God, it's unguarded only. It's guarded by him, but it's unguarded. So I don't know how that works out in terms of specifics, but that's what I heard. That's what I saw. Tracy, you've probably had this uh, many times before, the whole thing about Deborah. Um, in uh, Judges 4, verse 6, it says, uh, Deborah was a prophetess, and she was sitting and judging Israel. Deborah comes from the Hebrew word devar, which is the, is the word for word. And I know you're a woman that wants God's word. I, I saw God's word going in and just begin to ricochet off inside of you, touching every cell in your body. You're a woman of the word, and when you get a revelation of the word, it actually literally does become living and active in you. 
The word for judge in that passage, judging, is the Hebrew word shafat, and it means to destroy the mouth that twists. Destroy the mouth that twists, and that's one of the great ministries that you have. But the thing is, is that then the next chapter, when Deborah is singing her song, she doesn't sing of herself as a judge. She says, then I, Deborah, arose a mother of Israel. And so that's, that's who you see. Or that, that, that's the vision that God has given you of yourself. You are a prophetess. You are a judge. But you're a mother most of all. Okay? Is it good? Um, is there a Melanie in here? Melanie. 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 Somebody very, very close to you named Melanie. Very close to you named Melanie. Yeah. It's your aunt. Okay. <clears throat> what I saw was I saw answers from heaven coming down from Melanie. And that you, because of your association with her, you're supposed to, this week in particular, the next seven days, join your prayers to the answers that are coming down from heaven. And in about a week's time, she's going to have an encounter with the Lord. An encounter is coming down from heaven, and your prayers are to join with that. Somebody here, your favorite flower is irises, and you even have pictures of irises on your wall at home. You have a picture of an iris. Who is that? Okay. Um, when you were up here, I was looking at your shoes, and you've got boots on, but they're unlaced. And uh, the Lord just began to say to me, that's because I have him change his shoes off and on. They change from running shoes to boots. And so uh, as he was speaking the word to you about being a warrior, is, is, is that you run to the battle. And once you get to the battle, you change into the boots and you can stand. You know, if you go back and you look at the history of military strategy... Many, many battles were won because an army moved through the night and had a surprise attack during the day. Am I, am I right, Mr. Army Man? Okay. Okay. So, so God's given you that ability to change your shoes according, according to his strategies in terms of that for the enemy. Okay? I think, I think the only other thing that I would just say is that um, I spoke this with, with Tom's group the other night. Um, this coming Halloween, three years from this coming Halloween, in other words, October the 31st, 2017, will be the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 theses on the Wittenberg Cathedral door. Most historians would say that that was the beginning of the Protestant Revolution. We're in a new revolution. Re revolution. And one of the historians said of Martin Luther, they said all he wanted to do was he wanted that the Jesus who formed the church would re-enter the church. That's the revolution. And it's going to take place for those who, like Hezekiah, when Hezekiah did his reformation in 2 Chronicles 29, the very first thing, it says in the first month of his first year, so the very first thing that he did, he says that he opened the house of the Lord and repaired its doors. It's the presence. Reformers whose primary goal is to, is to regain access to the presence are the ones that God's going to use in this day and time. Thank you. Uh,
got something for you too. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I can pray for you. Then. Okay. Yeah. You want to go ahead? Okay. Let me just why why I stopped you and I didn't ask you to go out. While you were sitting there, the Spirit of the Lord told me to tell you that there is a desire in your heart for international business. And yes, it's going to happen, but you've been looking in the wrong place. Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and the Commonwealth countries is where God's going to take the grace of your business as well as the grace of your anointing. There's something God's getting ready to open up in those areas for you. Plus, the Lord's getting ready to give you a new home. He's going to move you to a new place. So I'm not sure what's going on, but I want to tell you that you need to start looking because there's something that God has, and you've already said to the Lord what it is you're looking for, and it's, this is the time. It's time for you to move. It's time. It's something to do with family. It's an expanded capacity. It's an expanded place you need, and it's in the area that you're looking and desiring and needing, and you need to get ready to get that. And you, Here's what I want to say to you. Don't worry about the money, okay, because your first thing will be, well, we don't have the money. That's, that's not important right now. What's important is to discover what it is, look at it, recognize what it is, because God's given that to you as part of your inheritance. Okay, so I wanted to say that to you before you left, but here's what I'm saying. Commonwealth countries, Australia, New Zealand, even South Africa, is the places that God's going to expand your business to. And the, and the connection's going to come supernaturally. You've been looking one place, but you need to start looking in other places too because it's going to expand because God's making you an international entrepreneur, international. Multiple different forms of revenue are going to come through your hands because that's the kingdom of calling God's put in your life, the power to make wealth, okay? All right, bless you guys. All right, so is there anything else you need to do? Ron, I, this is for you. Yeah, okay. John, Tracy, would you guys, Suzanne, will you join me? Um, Uh, the Lord just uh, spoke to me. This is a real season of replenishing. I just got the word replenish. Just repre replenish you physically, replenish you in every way. The thing, the things that have been stolen, the things that have been stolen from you uh, over the past years. He's replenishing now. Um, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, is going to be one of, one, one of the hallmark replenishing time for you. So just be alert on Wednesday for that. I don't know what, what level, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, whatever, um, coming Wednesday. Um, so Father, I thank you for this man. I thank you even for what he's given out today. Lord, replenish him now. Lord, replenish him spiritually. Hmm. Lord, I, I, I pray, Father, that you would... Um, you would break this um, mentality that, that he's alone. It was great when he was a sniper. But not now. Lord, I thank you for, um, as, as we physically stand around him, Lord, that he would know uh, who stands around him. Time of support. Time of replenishment. Bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, when I when you came in today, uh, I smelt a fragrance of the Lord on you that I've never smelled before, and it smelt like um, uh, uh, like the sweetness and the mercy and the compassion and the love of the Lord, um, and it was coming through this just humble and, and broken vessel, 
and I just uh, felt the beauty of the Lord on you. Um, and I, I, when I was praying for you just now, I saw a seed, and um, I saw the seed, and I saw it germinating, and it germinated quickly. Like I was looking at it, boop, it germinated. And I feel like that you are in the days of increase, and whereas in the past um, those seeds uh, were really hard, um, and the soil was really hard. The germination process now is, is going to be quick. Um, there's a loveliness about you that the Lord has, has brought out, and it, it really is a fragrance that, that the body of Christ needs um, to, to breathe deep of. Yeah. Um, well, Lord, we thank you for Ron. Lord, I just thank you that through all of the experiences in his life, Lord, that you brought him to this point, which is really just hands down, hands off, listening to every word that comes from your mouth, Lord, and doing as you've asked him to do. So, Lord, we thank you for the increase that's coming, Lord, even that his heart's full of you. We just bless everything he puts his hands to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before, before you guys go, I, I want to ask a favor. Would you, John, just one more. I want to ask you guys to pray over women in ministry. I just felt like that uh, the Lord wants to break the lies of that right now. Women, would you stand? All, all the women in ministry stand. That's all of you. And I want these two generals to pray over you right now for that. Would you all do that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let him wash you right now. Let him wash you. Let him wash off the generations of prejudice. Let him wash off of you all of the unhealthy cycles that Ron was speaking about today. I break the tethers, I break the tie downs. I break the mentalities. I speak freedom to you. Freedom. In the name of the Lord. Freedom. I break off self-limitation. Father, speak to them. Give them new visions of themselves. Let them fully embrace your crazy love for them. New boldness. Father, we just released today the rhythm of your grace. Wash away the past empower us for the future to walk with you walk in you
walk in the knowledge of your love. It's your love, Father, that covers us. It's your love that covers these women, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you've created them to be conceivers. And they would conceive the, word, the virtue and the truth of who they really are from your throne. What you created them to be. How you created them to manifest the goodness of the Lord in their sphere of influence that you've called them to. Thank you, Father, that you just help them overcome the dysfunction of the culture. That they would experience blessing and prosperity from you in ways they would not have even thought were possible because of your goodness and your mercy towards them. Thank you, Father, that you chose these women to be vessels of honor. And I thank you today that we just receive them and we bless them and we release the grace of the Holy Spirit upon them, that no weapon that would be formed against them should prosper, would prosper, can prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, yeah, that's doing some business, right? You know, um, I just feel like today was an ordinary day. wasn't an ordinary day. Y'all, y'all agree that there was real business done in heaven today. Let's just um, let's do something different. Let's just give the Lord a praise for that. Just breaks, just break it wide open. And the last thing we'll do, I want to, I want to just release one more thing. Uh, I just want to repent on part of, on the part of the church for uh, limiting women and say you don't have a place that you can't preach and teach and and do the works of the ministry. I know that's been said. I know our city struggles with that, and I want to break the power of that. While we have many in agreement here, many in ministry, could you do that? Ministers agree with me. That, Lord, we just repent on on behalf of the church today. We release the other half of the working force, Lord. We release the women into ministry today. Any false word that's been spoken, Lord, I pray that you'd even reveal the truth to any who are deceived in this area, Lord. I pray that you would empower these women, Lord, to take the kingdom and to live this thing out in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless the women in this house and across this city. Lord, we thank you that you're a God that restores all of it. We thank you for this awesome time in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Uh, bless you as you go. We, uh, we love having you here this morning. It's awesome. It's a good time in the Lord.